Hey everybody, Dave Hodges here. Glad you could join us. Thanks for staying with us into our guest segment. And we've got a uh, federal law enforcement insider with military experience. And we're going to break down the Bay of Pigs. Oh no, no, not the Laker girls. We're, oh, I'm sorry, bad joke. But, uh, <laughs> although I'm pissed at the Lakers. Should I digress for a second? How the heck do they get $4 million from this uh, stimulus fund? And people are sitting around, small business owners trying to support their families, still haven't got their money. Exactly. So now you understand the context of my comment. But anyway, Bay of Pigs, Operation 1961. John Kennedy, without his knowledge, was trapped into the Bay of Pigs operation. He refused air cover. It failed. And he fired the director of the CIA. A lot of people think this led to his assassination because Alan Dulles was at the center of the planning. And uh, a guy named Cabell. Ernie Cabell. So he fired the two heads of the CIA and it was known as the Bay of Pigs, the retaking of Cuba by Cuban refugees with CIA influence. Well, we just had a Bay of Pigs in Venezuela. And we're going to break it down with our guest record here after I tell you that we have a couple of people that keep the lights on. One is our storable food company. And let me tell you, <laughs> Wendy's, what is it, one out of four Wendy's now doesn't have good meat? And you're going to have hear a report from me soon that talks about the fact that uh, we're taking cheap meat from foreign countries. And uh, the uh, rise of mad cow disease is supposed to increase exponentially as a result of this. Very serious. It's not going to be safe to eat meat in this country much longer. That's why you need storable food. You need storable food also, too, because we don't know how much you need. The globalists are going for broke and taking us down. So you need to gather, and this needs to be a daily occurrence, going by your store, ordering storable food. need to be doing it all. Go to preparewithdave.com for 25-year shelf life. Restaurant-quality food. That's preparewithdave.com. And if you have food, you have to have water. So what do we do with the water? Well, we got to filter it sometimes and in the midst of a crisis waterborne illnesses become a real problem sometimes they're the number one problem and you won't have trouble finding standing water you'll have trouble finding drinkable standing water lakes ponds streams swimming pools standing water you got it if you've got the Alexa Pure Pro water filter the research is on the website it shows comparatively they're the best in the business they're also offering the product for 40% off. Go to waterwithdave.com. So you got the food, foodwithdave.com. You got the water, waterwithdave.com. And now we've got Wrecker, Federal Law Enforcement Insider. But we're going to really prevail upon his military experience to talk about what we know. And despite what President Trump is saying, he got caught with his hand in the cookie jar. We tried to execute a coup against Maduro. Wrecker, welcome to the show. And man, oh man, what a mess this is. Hey, Dave, thanks for having me back. Yeah, man, I've been following this story for the last two days, <clears throat> and it just keeps getting worse, in case anyone doesn't know what we're talking about. Uh, within the past 48 hours, we had two former Special Operations uh, Green Berets <clears throat> that were part of a planned coup d'etat that was arranged by another former Green Beret out of Florida, uh, with a private security contract company that he created called the Silver Corps. And so, supposedly, this company was hired by interim President Juan Guaido, the guy that President Trump's administration tried to push in to be their uh, their president for Venezuela. 
the only guy they wanted to have any financial dealings with. And supposedly Guaido paid these contractors 212 or promised to pay $212 million to help, I guess, overthrow and capture Maduro or possibly execute. Uh, this, this just has the stink sauce spilt all over it. This Operation Gideon, as it was called, which is, as far as from what I've learned, is not a military operation. It was not a United States operation. I don't know if it was CIA back. I'm just being blunt. I don't know. Not saying that it isn't, because this reeks of what CIA would do, but there's just something off about this, because typically when the government's going to invest in anything like an actual coup, where our U.S. Operate, special operations are going to be involved in, we put everything on the playing field to make sure that it succeeds. Uh, the United States is not in business at losing wars and being embarrassed. So typically when things like this happen, we're going to have air support, ground support, sea, support from the sea, uh, you know, every type of humid intel that we can have inside the country. We're going to have things arranged to make sure that the playing field is always leveled uh, in our favor. Now, Venezuela does not exactly have the best military, uh, but it is a military. And they have helicopters, they have navy, uh, naval ships, they have night vision, they have machine guns, they've got plenty of guys. And this pathetic little coup started off with about 300 people. And the creator of this really was one of their former major generals that I guess uh, he left the Venezuelan army and somehow or another got set up with these contractors uh, out of Civil Corps, which is out of Florida. And through, I'm guessing, Juan Guaido's people arranged this coup. Started off with about 300 guys that they were training in Colombia, uh, which we'll, we'll make that connection from the Bay of Pigs with Cuba, Dave. Yeah. So they trained them in, in Colombia at three separate military or you know ad hoc military bases. Uh, they weren't well funded. They tried to receive small arms, some night vision optics, and uniforms, and. Uh, some other funding, but it was seized by the Colombian uh, authorities, so it never got to them. Uh, so, however, in the interim, they were training them in hand-to-hand -hand combat and uh, close-quarter combat, and according to one report, it, <laughs> they were even having to use sticks and, brooms and broom handles to simulate rifles. Now, that's not very uncommon. We do that in the military, uh, just because it's sometimes too much of a pain to go and draw weapons out of the armory, but if you're going to have a stage coup, you, you don't break everything so Barney-style down mm -hmm. that you you don't have any real you know means of accomplishing it. it. It wasn't ran very well. This was not, you know, the strategy here was just insane. We had three special operations guys, 300 supposed military and former police volunteers when they actually went to do the invasion it turned out to only be 60 of them that's the reported number right now 60 so you're going to invade venezuela with 60 people so you're going to have 57 jackasses and three people who are actual special operations and you're going to take down venezuela you're going to capture maduro and oh by the way dave chinese military is there and as far as I know, the Spetsnaz never left. 
So when you have those type of assets already in your military, plus your military, and Maduro is probably one of the most heavily guarded dictators in the world. I would put them on par with North Korea. How did you expect that to go? You didn't have air support. You, I mean, you didn't have the satellites to, to help back you up in tracking any of your mission uh, details. I, I didn't. I didn't see where there was a positive outcome here. And supposedly one of Juan Guaido's representatives was there for one of these uh, pre-mission uh, briefings and walked out and said, this is a suicide mission. You guys are going to fail. And supposedly backed off. Now, if that's true, why did the mission go ahead? Why would you knowingly, with only 60 fools, go there and try to infiltrate into Venezuela. So part of this uh, theory and their mission was they're going to hit a couple uh, armories and try to do some counterinsurgency, guerrilla warfare-like stuff, and see if they can rise up some more people from the ranks that were in the military that would join the coup. Because if you recall, about a year or two ago, there was uh, many defectors from the military and we saw the military and the police turning on each other in Venezuela because of the food crisis that they were going through. Oh, by the way, the same food crisis America could be going through within the next year or so. So whenever these, when the military defected and turned on each other, there was there really wasn't very much solidarity in the country. So we tried to take advantage of it. We tried to strike while the iron was hot. And we try to see if we could have a civil uh, disobedience-style coup where maybe if we could influence the people enough, the people would rise up and America wouldn't have to lose any, any soldiers and we wouldn't have as much blood on our hands. However, that failed miserably. And I believe uh, the way that we set that up tactfully was just done terribly. Uh, <laughs> You know, we, we set ourselves up for potentially having the way we tried to stage a coup uh, in Venezuela to eventually happen to us. And it's and I'm, I'm going to segue for a second. We'll come back to this tape. But this this blueprint that we created is going to be the same thing that I fear the Democrats can very well use against us if Hillary tries to run and Trump tries to block her. So we'll come back to that. Interesting choice so, of words there. If so, she tries to run. Yeah, if she tries, if she tries, and they try to stick 18 felonies on her, well, political asylum, you know, she's the, she's the one that we think should be the president. And, you know, the whole, the whole problem with this was whenever our government said we don't recognize Maduro's government, we recognize Juan Guaido, he should be the actual president. So we're actually going to bleed out the funds from Citibank that uh, Maduro had, uh, I think, a billion dollars or more in, and we're going to give it to Guaido. Well, I don't know what happened to that money. I don't know who kept track of it, but obviously it didn't do anything. Uh, so, you know, that, that's a failed attempt. Now we have this failed attempt. Here's my speculation. Seeing as how this was just so... so <laughs> this was done so terribly, the only thing I can think currently is that this was meant to fail. This was set up knowing that it was going to fail. And for that mere fact that it's almost like we, we baited Maduro into trying to, uh, you know, eight people 
or 13 people lost their lives in this. So, you know, there was a significant loss of life. So far, it wasn't in the uh, former military members. And I say that as a so far because two of them are still detained. Well, you know, it's interesting. But, you didn't talk to Mike Adams, did you? No. He said exactly the same thing you said, designed to fail. Yeah, it was designed to fail. And, you know, that's... <laughs> If you if you kind of research some of the things that the CIA does every now and then, you know, this hook, line, and sinker is used against countries all over the world. You know, we can fund a small organization, and then we send what we call military advisors, which Green Beret Special Forces, part of their main job is to go in and advise and set up counterinsurgency and guerrilla warfare uh, teach guerrilla warfare tactics to a small band of people to rise up against like you know an oppressive government uh, and the whole time it's an intel gathering mission as well you know it's a lot of liaison type stuff going on so I believe maybe that was going on but they were using contractors now I was a contractor uh, way back in the day so I understand that when you're in that world, you're not counted as a military service member. You are, I don't know, I guess you could say a ghost. You know, your laws are fair. If you died, you died. If you got the mission done, great. You weren't going to get any credit for it. You're not going to get any medals for it, but at least you got a cushy paycheck. But for this, man, I, I don't know. If you break down $212 million, I don't know how much money the three of these guys would have made off of this. But I just don't think it was worth literally three cowboys trying to invade Venezuela. That's just, that has stupid stamped all over it. And these guys, Dave, these guys know better. The United States Special Forces Green Berets are trained to, to be some of the most top tier one level guys that we have. The top tier being CAG and Dev Group. But these guys, they know multiple languages. They know how to infiltrate. They know how to create liaison between different, you know, governments and cell leaders and tribal leaders. They know how to, you know, be influential. They know how to do security, uh, scan for threat. You know, they know how to do all these type of, I'm not going to get into it, the, the different things that it takes for a mission like this to succeed. They understand how this mission has to be ran to succeed. They did it in Iraq, they did it in Afghanistan, and they know the kind of assets that needed to be there in order to help support them so that mission would succeed. They did not have that. So either these guys were completely out of their mind, or they were set up, or they knew the outcome. i give it back to you. I just don't get it. Why would they... Why would the CIA sabotage their own operation? What, what do they gain from it? Well, if they had got anywhere close to Maduro, if they were able to cause a civil uprising, even within the ranks of the military, yet again and positively have effect on that, mm -hmm. we could then have Maduro. You, the point is to try and push Maduro to do something radical that you ex expect a dictator to do 
you know, launch missiles at, you know, some of our boats or try to attack one of our vessels, try to attack a, a neighboring country that we're allies with. We want to get him to have some sort of military action based off of our ruse so that then we can cry foul like an Operation Mongoose and say, oh, you attacked us. Now it's our turn to attack you. Welcome to the United States military. Now, I'm telling you right now, Venezuela doesn't have an ice chance in hell against any of our military. Zero. And Venezuela knows that. That's why Venezuela has the Chinese and the Russians in there. The Ruskies and the Chinese are there for the oil. The whole point is to get the oil. I believe the whole point is to push Maduro far enough that he does something stupid that we can then send our military in. And if he does it stupid in the right way, no one can stop us to say, oh, you attacked us, now it's our turn to attack you. Oh, and by the way, you're a dictator, you're a communist country, and we're here to free the people. Because that's always a line for the American government. We're here to drop freedom bombs on you. So we're going to free the oppressive people. We're going to kickstart their economy. Everyone's going to get rich, and we're going to take your oil and the oil refineries. And by the way, then we can also move out the bear bombers that the Ruskies have there, get rid of some of the uh, Spetsnaz and some of the Special Forces guys from China there, and take that little piece out of the chess game off the table. So to me... And I hate saying this, good job, horrible execution. What were you thinking? If you really wanted to do that, if you really knew that we were going to go into war with China, and this was one of the pieces of the chess table that has to be removed, we have to be able to take their ability to strike us from the south, out of Venezuela, out of the game, why did you do this in such a crappy way? What in the hell were you guys thinking? Now, if the CIA was running this, then we have some pretty smart people in the CIA. Most of them also are special operations, former generals, uh, flag staff, officers. I mean, you name it, that are in this organization making sure things are ran smooth. What happened? This was the most piss-poor planning I've ever seen. So it was either that or Juan Guaido promised $212 million to three idiots, and they thought that they could actually accomplish this mission. Part of the mission, Dave, was in... So they had two different boats. My God. They they come in from the Caribbean side on boats, and then they're going to dock somewhere on the harbor. They're going to capture an airfield. And then they're going to wait for the extraction of Maduro and then fly out. Like the military wasn't going to be there. Like they didn't have a harbor patrol or a coast guard. Like they didn't have helicopters in the sky. That's what I'm saying. Elite operators on this level know what I'm talking about. They know exactly what I'm going to get into when you start talking about all the different types of obstacles you're going to have to face different types of threats you're going to face. You, you had to have done a threat analysis on this before you even started the mission. You guys should have already known what you were going to come up against. And I, I'm sorry, either you're complicit and you knew this was a 
this was a botched mission, and you hoped that you could get the right reaction out of Maduro's regime, or you're an idiot. And I don't think our special operations guys, uh, I don't think these three guys are idiots. So that's that's where I'm at, you know. And the the whole thing during Operation Mongoose and the Bay of Pigs, uh, you know, there were already counter-revolutionaries in Cuba. We had them there. The CIA had already organized an invasion operation. So all we had to do when we attacked Guantanamo Bay, when we already have guys staged out there to, you know, set fire to the prison and to, you know, start a protest, to sink a couple of ships, and, you know, we had a drone ship out in the ocean, and we'll sink that too, and we'll draw their military over, and then we can say, oh, they're, they're birds from the sky when our ship sank, so... Ergo, you sunk our you sunk our ship. Now we can attack you. You know, if that was their plan, why didn't you go off of a not so foolproof plan? But why didn't you go off of a plan that would have actually worked? You would have actually drawn the military out, and you could have then said, "Hey, you know, our fake coup here drew their military out. Now we can attack them." And this, like I said, this just had. This had fail written all over it, and I, I'm I'm baffled. Uh, I'm baffled. I don't understand what the point with this was, except for we just you know we got embarrassed, and now Trump is saying, "Ah, wasn't our government? We had nothing to do with it." Well, of course not. That's what we always say. We're always going to say that. And if it would have succeeded, we would have been the first ones to say, ah, "Our coup worked. Congratulate me." But if it failed, hey man, I don't know those guys. So, and, you know, when you're a contractor, that's kind of the life you live in. So well, you got to wonder about the guys at. carrying out the mission. They had to see how stupid it was, given their experience, and why they wouldn't back out. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's, it's not smart. I wouldn't have done it. I mean, maybe if I had 20 or 30 of 20 or 30 other guys like me, and we were able to plan this out for a year or two, make all of our contacts in country. And have different, you know, different locations to fall back on in case, you know, things happen and you had to break bad. Uh, you know, you need a couple of egress routes out of there. You need to at least have some sort of communications, some sort of bird waiting for you for an extraction in case your plan failed. Uh, you know, I'm not going to get caught in a communist South American country and live my life in that jail. Uh, so I'm either fighting my way out or flying my way out. So, you know, they didn't have that. And the other thing is, supposedly there's a a British billionaire that I'm, I'm recently trying to look up now that, I guess, uh, sponsored this. So, you know, there's, there's this weird twist of events that's going on. And this all happened during the time when the COVID-19 scare is going on around the world. So, you know... Our country is braced for impact, and we're having all of our quote-unquote safety protocols and lockdown measures. Well, so is South America. So I guess they thought that the military and the Venezuelan law enforcement would kind of be laxed and complacent during this time. Obviously, that was not it. And to make it worse, the Venezuelan military are saying that from the very beginning, when you idiots had these briefings in Colombia, we already had spies there. Oh, and by the way, you ran out of money, 
and we actually had to pay you guys who are staging the coup to continue to plan so you could pay and feed everybody. They knew this was going to happen from the beginning. So, like I said, none of this makes sense. That's not how the CIA operates. There's a reason why they get called spooks, Dave. You're not going to know it when it happens. So I, I, I don't believe what I'm seeing. And, you know, the whole world right now is pausing for effect because of fear and panic caused by all the different governments and this, this whole scandal of the coronavirus. Uh, this is just one more thing to come out. It's kind of a head-scratcher. Just go, well, what, you know, what the hell was this? You know, we had the varsity. Who, you know, who brought in Pee Wee football? Uh, so, I, like I said, man, I, I don't understand what exactly happened here, but obviously uh, the desired outcome did not happen. Are you there? Yeah. Yeah, we dropped off for a second. That was weird. I was uh, repeating myself here and nothing came through. Okay. I I totally agree with what you're saying. Um, I just can't believe these people would go along with this flawed mission, given the background they would have had. They should have been able to see right through it. You know, it's interesting. On, on one of the uh, videos that you sent me, the Venezuelans were waiting for them. That was really apparent. Yeah. We see the guys in the boat with their hands up. They're, they're captured. Their boat's approaching them. They were waiting for them. Yeah, well, so to make matters worse, Dave, to make matters even worse, hold on, let me pull up the article. Yeah, it's. I don't know how matters could get worse. you got two guys that are going to never leave prison again, probably get executed. Well, supposedly Trump is going to try and get them back. Uh, and if they were in any way part of a coup, you want those guys back. But unfortunately, the, one of them's already been pressured to talk, and it was on New York Post uh, probably an hour before I sent you these messages. Uh, so the Green Beret who started this company, Silver Corps, let me find his name, uh, is Jordan Goudreau. Now, Jordan Goudreau is an Army Green Beret, and his company, Silver Corps, is based out of Florida. And Melbourne, Florida, there you go. So this is the funny part. It's, it's not so much funny as it is. It's, it's one of those things where when I, when I tell you this, you're just going to go, oh, of course, of course, let's make matters worse. So he has ties to Trump. Apparently... Him and Trump's former bodyguard had Schiller. worked together before. Schiller, right? Yeah, had they had worked they had worked together before, Damn. and uh, Jordan Goudreau was actually hired to be the private security for Juan Guaido during a concert uh, somewhere in South America. So now you have the Trump administration connection through Juan Guaido to Silver Corps. Uh, and now we have this botched uh, coup. I mean, if the Democrats just needed one more missile to fire at Trump, we just gave them a hellfire. Interesting. Um, the guy's name, 
Trump security guy, someone gave me this name today when I was following the story up. He said the guy's name is Schiller. I don't remember his first name. Yeah, I, I believe that's correct. But you know, this this is just one of those things, man, where, where you look at it and, and, you, and you just got to shake your head. You know, this is the year the coronavirus hits. The economy finally tanks. Trump can't say we're the greatest economy in the world right now. Uh, you know, you got a lot of chaos going on. Democrats are trying to just nail him to the wall every chance they get. And things are kind of starting around the corner where it's going to start getting better. Fauci is getting exposed. The Democrats are getting exposed. CDC, the WHO, China, everybody's getting exposed, Dave. And just like it always happens when the Democrats get thrown into the firing pan, 9-11 happens. So here we go again. The Democrats are getting thrown into the firing pan. You know, there's going to be a lot of heat put on them into the press. Oh, by the way, it's election year. And bam, a guy who has some sort of a connection to Trump stages a coup without the American government's authorization, apparently, and fails horrifically at it. You know, I, I, I'm not a coincidence theorist. I'm just putting plots on a, on a map right now, and I go, you know, this is leading to a desired outcome. This is leading to some sort of desired outcome. All I know is that it's negative for the American people. One way or another, if this is just one more thing that helps start World War III, if it's just one more thing that the Democrats can say that they can use against Trump when it's time for him to you know, start the, uh, the campaigning again, it, it's, this, this just was terrible. This was, this was just the wrong time to try this. And if you're going to try to overthrow a dictator, do it the right way the first time. And I believe the Trump administration got a big black eye last year when Juan Guaido screwed everything up and didn't take the uh, the presidency. And now this happens. I mean, this is going to be hard to recover from if these two guys that are detained right now start spilling their guts and go, oh, yeah, well, you know, we were told by these people that it was okay for us to go do this, and these were our sponsors. You know, I mean, they got their passports. Uh, they got their former military PIV cards, the PIV cards, uh, or military calls them CAC cards, excuse me, and then uh, one of their uh, Veterans Affairs cards. So, you know, I mean, Jesus Christ, guys, did you not sanitize yourselves before you went into country, into the operation? You don't carry that stuff on you. You don't carry 20 different types of IDs on you. You know, that, that's what I'm saying. This, this does not make sense, Dave. It doesn't make sense uh, unless you have this happen. Someone inside the CIA, deep state oriented, democratically loyal, leaked the information to Maduro. Yeah, I mean that's a possibility that I would not, I would not throw that out the window. Uh, you know, the CIA is so splintered, like the FBI. Uh, it's hard to tell who's on whose side sometimes. Not saying that the FBI and the CIA don't have good people. I've worked with great people from both organizations. Uh, however, comma, you do have a bunch of hardcore lefties in there that hate Trump. They publicly say it. Uh, so 
you know, if this was an operation that was supposed to go down the way it should have went down and someone leaked it, well, that's going to be brought to the light too, man. You know, I, I, I see that a lot of things that should be going in America's favor currently are not. That's something that America is not used to. We're normally used to winning. We're normally used to winning anything that we go up against. So, you know, Trump seeing a lot of his uh, win streak get, you know, he was batting 500. Now he's batting about 200. So I, I don't know what the uh, the next move for this is. But, you know, it's just one more thing, Dave, when I said we should have been at DEFCON 2 when this coronavirus thing started. Well, holy crap. You know, here we are trying to pick a fight with another world superpower. And I say world superpower, not militarily, but they have the most easily accessible richest oil in the world and the refineries to refine it right there in the country. You know, it's a diamond mine sitting right there. So we want those resources. That's that's always been what America has been after for the, at least the last 50, 60, 80 years. We're after natural resources because that's one way to keep a stranglehold on the world. Yeah, I mean, obviously, whenever Russia flooded the uh, the market with oil, and then so did Saudi Arabia to combat the Ruskies, it screwed our dollar. Mm-hmm. And so now, you know, America's economy is tanked once again. Well, how do you get the economy to go back up? Well, we secure more oil, Dave. You know, I mean, how do you get the war machine from the uh, the Axis, you know, the the evil Nazi side to stop rolling? Well, you got to destroy their chance to get the oil. So that you know that's to me the American military has to be able to control our hemisphere. We have plenty of countries in South America to include Mexico and some Central American company or countries that are not friendly to the US. They don't see eye to eye with us. Their states are incredibly criminalized, extremely corrupt and lean socialist and communistic. So, you know, that's already a threat within our own hemisphere that we're not always, you know, we're not always keeping in check. And the thing that, you know, I was told three years ago from a a buddy of mine that was Army Intel officer was America has a problem with playing whack-a-mole when the Ruskies and the Chaikoms are planning 30-year operations. They're planning generational operations. That's the uh, Chinese mentality, though. They've always been that way. Yeah, we're going, you know, mission to mission. So, you know, you cannot fight against China or the Russians in this three-block war like what I did in Iraq and like how, you know, some of my other friends did in Afghanistan. That's not how this works. This is not coin ops. It's not counterinsurgency. This is going to be every kind of war we've ever seen. So you know, we, we ha- we're going to have to change our tactics to combat this. And uh, I think there's more to come, Dave. I think, well, know, I do too. Uh, it, but here's, here's what begs the question for me. If indeed you've got a situation where uh, this was designed to fail, to get Maduro to lash out, to give a preemptive excuse for an invasion, how will the Chinese and Russians that are in-country respond If it were me, I would sit back and not say anything. Monitor, observe, and report. That's it. If you have to take action, you do it as discreetly as possible. Because 
they already know that we know they're there. They don't need the entire world to know that they're there. Though, if you look, if you ever listen to RT, uh, you know, Russia Times will sit there and tell you, oh yeah, Russia's already there, China's already there, and the Americans are constantly in there screwing around with the with the grid or with some of the oil refineries, or at least we think they are. You know, the the narrative is being drawn up for us to eventually go into some type of a hot conflict with China. And really what it, what it looks like is if we back Russia into a corner, they are going to pick China over us. If we back China into a corner, they may fire upon everybody. So if Russia was to play it smart and to continue to try and negotiate on both sides, you would try to, you would just want to remain as stable as possible and keep Maduro alive as long as possible because Russia is making money off of Venezuela. You know, you're not going to kill your cash cow, Dave. So Russia wants them to be alive. Unfortunately, that makes a lot of sense. So when does the flotilla come? When does the real invasion start? What will trigger it? Well, if there's any type of sympathetic supporters for Maduro uh, that are in America, I mean, there's nothing new under the sun. With Operation Northwoods, do you, do you recall Operation Northwoods? Yes. So, for those of you who don't know, with Operation Northwoods, which was another byproduct of Mongoose, uh, Part of this plan was to stage attacks, and it would be Cuban extremists that were in America, and then they started attacking, you know, business places and uh, bombing movie theaters and shooting up malls or maybe even hitting our infrastructure or attacking a federal building. Uh, one was to be an attack somewhere in downtown District of Columbia, and. Uh, you know, another thing would be for us to knock down a plane that was filled full of college students that were going to Cuba, but on that flight path to Cuba, they were going to stop at an unknown location, which was an Air Force base, unload all the passengers, send that plane back up, and it was going to be a drone to be shot out of the sky. But yet, on the flight manifest days, it was filled full of college students. And the plane that was going to shoot it down was going to be one of our planes that was painted to look like a MiG. And that pilot was the only pilot to know about it. And what he was going to do was shoot the plane down, then get on the comms, use his actual call sign, and say that he has a, a failure with his, uh, with his plane or that he had been struck by a MiG uh, which would also correlate with the, uh, you know, the the other plane being shot down by a MiG and eject and be rescued, and then he would have his story. And the CIA had this all prepped. Here's the best part about this: only the Joint Chiefs of Staff had information for this operation. Only the Joint Chiefs of Staff. That means only the officials sitting in the Pentagon knew this was going to happen. That means it doesn't make it to my level. It doesn't make it to my other buddy's level. That means whenever I see it, I can only believe what I'm seeing. So you fool the whole world. 
And just like 9-11, not saying that you know, we were fooled or anything, but, you know, when a plane crashes into a building, and incidentally the only thing that survives is the Saudi Arabian passports, well, why in the hell didn't we bomb Saudi Arabia? Oh, that's right, because that's where we get all of our money from because of the petrol dollar. But we linked them all, just so happens we were able to link them all to, you know, the Taliban and Al-Qaeda and Bin Laden. You know, it's, it's, there is, for everything, every kind of operation like this, there is a narrated story wrote out about the desired outcomes and events, how we think this can go, how we think it can go bad. If it goes bad, how can we tell it to the press to spin it in our favor? That's what we're seeing right now. I just don't know what part of this narrated story we're at. So, you know, within a week or two, we could see another event happen that is much worse. And it could be against one of our allies, could be against one of our our vessels. Uh, you know, there's submarines out there from China off the Venezuelan coast. You know, there, there's already our enemy sitting there waiting for us. So all these bad things can all collide at once or they can be drug out for weeks and watch the desired outcome and effects. And if if this was our plan, this is our desired outcome, it worked, great. Time to go from A to B. If it didn't work, okay, we're gonna stop and rethink, do we need to go with A again or should we skip B and go to C? You know, that's that's how these little operations work. And it's it's all it's trickery. It's all to fool people into believing what they're seeing. And it's you know you can go online. I don't know why, but you can still go online and you can download Operation Northwoods and you can read the entire white paper yourself. And you know you don't have to take my word for it. And you can read all these things, the mission planning, and you're just going to shake your head and go my government was going to do this? My government was actually going to kill our own people? Willfully kill our own people so that we could go to war with Cuba? Oh, wow. No, oh, the, no, you, no you're right. I'm letting you go because you're hitting home run after home run. And I totally agree with what you're saying. There's a real disconnect here, and this is why I suspect sabotage. Yeah. Yeah, right now... If I were Trump, if I were Trump and I did not give the okay for this mission, I would be sitting in a bunker somewhere. Because your military, sir, is out of control. If that wasn't the military that did that, if they were CIA contractors that did that, or State Department contractors, or DOD contractors, you name it. I've been there. I understand what's going on. That's why I'm, I'm not surprised. I'm just surprised at how you know, poorly this happened. Uh, your intel agencies need to be lassoed. They need to be brought in, and you need to start hammering people because it's out of control at this point. You know, the CIA, when JFK, before J.F. Kennedy was shot, what was it, three times, twice in the face and once in the back of the head? It's amazing how bullets can do that uh, from one guy from one direction. But he said he was going to break the CIA up. 
into a thousand splinters. He's just going to shatter it. And then he dies. Well, Chuck Schumer, if we don't recall, said, you don't mess with the guys in the intel community because they can get you seven ways from Sunday. See, I'm a student of history, and I believe what people tell me. If you tell me, Chucky Schumer, that I should watch out because the uh, intel communities, like the guys I work for, can get you seven ways from Sunday, you know something that you're using as a veiled threat right now and hoping that I bite on it. Well, I'm not. And the whole point of this little theatrics is to get America shaken up and pissed off enough that it's okay for the next evolution of events to start happening. The Civil War to start happening, the downfall of our economy, a draft for World War III, and God forbid when the hipsters get drafted and you have to shave off your stupid little mustaches and beards and trim your damn hair. Uh, you know, hey, ladies, you always want your woman empowerment. Well, this next draft, you'll probably be drafted as well. Uh, you know, this is going to fundamentally change America. And just recently, within the last couple of days, we have the Hollywood elite saying that we need to have a drastic change in America, almost similarly, eerily like what Obama said. We need to have this radical change in America. So the deep state and the elite are coming out of the shadows now, and they're making their moves. This is a time for when we should stand back and watch uh, President Trump very carefully. Either he gets a handle on this and he starts fighting back, or he bows out and we're on our own. And if we're on our own, God help us, because America will turn into warlords and tribalism all over again. Well, and yeah, you're you right. Know, it, you're right. And already, Dave, they're talking about we're going to have a second round of COVID-19. So already that, that fear and panic is being slid under the door again. You know, it's, it's, it's all it, – uh, I don't mean to, to cuss so frequently, but this is all bullshit. There's, this is to distract people from what's going on. They used an actual virus that's actually affecting and killing certain people. Some people are being you know, horrifically maimed because of malpractice from the hospitals who are making $39,000 off of a, uh, a person who's interned there. However, that's just one more distraction to stir up the American people. And now people have been out of work for 60 days. You know, uh, over in Dallas, you know, the salon lady, God bless her heart, said, you know, screw the judge, I'm going back to work. I have to feed my family. My employees need to feed their families. We're not doing this anymore. This is stupid. And I'm opening back up for work because a mile down the road, Walmart's still open. So then the judge, and this shows you just how dystopian uh, our country's got because, you know, you can go to, uh, I think InfoWars did something on it. Uh, uh, crap, I can't remember who else was uh did the reporting on it, but you can listen to this judge, this tyrannical judge, sit there and demand an apology from this lady because she defiled his orders. You defiled the orders of a duly elected official. 
Oh, man, you don't know what the file is yet. Keep pissing the American people off. Keep pushing that button. You keep poking the bear, the bear is eventually going to maul you. But unfortunately, Dave, I think that's what the deep state wants. I think the deep state honestly wants to push the American people to the point that you bring us to a civil war where we have brother against brother, we got cops shooting at firefighters, firefighters shooting at lawyers, lawyers shooting at dentists, and then you have, you know, no schools are permanently shut down because of this virus that's going on. We got the epidemics of possibly World War III. Our currency is crap. That that civil war just keeps getting brewed more and more and more, and eventually it's just going to happen. We're going to lose control of this country if we, the people, don't take it back. And here's the thing people need to start thinking about. Think outside your box. If Russia melted down into a complete civil war, would the world stand by and let the second most heavily nuclear-armed military in the world break up into tribalism, you know, tribes of warlords and dictators, you know, and military fighting military? Would the world really stand by and say, hey, we can't let these guys with all these nukes completely tear the country apart? What happens when one of them grabs the keys and starts launching stuff? The world will completely envelop Russia. Well, that's my mindset for America. How else do you get the U.N. on our soil? Because Red Dawn cannot happen in this country. You cannot parachute out of the sky with a bunch of North Koreans and Chinese and expect to take over one or two towns in America without getting your ass handed to you. That's not going to happen. There's too many people in this country with guns. There's too many veterans. There's too many cops. There's too many patriots. Hell, there's too many game bankers. You're not going to take this country over by parachuting in here. You have to let us destroy ourselves from the inside and then take advantage of it. That's why if you listen to what Sung Tzu says, if you're going to fight a battle, you don't have a prolonged campaign. Victory comes from an assured accomplishment of the mission, not a prolonged campaign. Prolonged campaigns is like what we've done for the last 19 years in Afghanistan. We haven't won anything. We didn't change anything in Iraq. I went to Iraq three times. It was the same from the first time I was there to the last time I left. Nothing changed. It's still the same damn place there now. So if China's going to move on America... They won't do it until they know for a fact they're going to win. That means they have to be the top economy. That means our military should not be able to uh, advance itself around the world strategically and as fast as it does. That means our satellites got to be down. That means our grid needs to be weakened. That means there needs to be some sort of a bioweapon released in America. You need to have crime rampant, you got to have your politicians trying to kill other politicians, people not trusting politicians, people not wanting to vote, have the presidency get to the point where you can't even have the vote, and you have the perfect concoction for civil war, and you have the perfect excuse to go to the United Nations, to go to the NATO, and say, hey, everybody take a tactical pause and look at America. We now have the new global threat. We have to handle America first. And I give it back to you, Dave. It's amazing 
that the whole thing centers around the fact that the CIA just screwed this up intentionally. So all these negative fallouts can happen and causing Maduro to strike out and then we retaliate with an invasion. To me, it's as plain as the nose on your face. Yeah, I mean, you know, we have algorithm, algorithms that we run on stuff like this. You know, you have a design-based threat analysis that we do that gives us the various different kinds of outcomes for events like this and the scenarios. And all you have to do is sit there and just let it play and watch the analysis, yeah. gather your data, gather your human intel, you know, continue to do your counter intel as well with the mainstream media. And you will see that it all comes to a logical conclusion of us all getting screwed. It would turn into World War II or World War Three, Civil War 2.0, and the deep state wins. But this is this is just me. Yeah, we cannot. We I believe that we cannot stop any of this from happening. I honestly think it's too late, and there's going to be a lot of good-hearted patriots who are going to get on that YouTube chat. And they're going to stand on that keyboard and curse me out and say, I'm an idiot and I'm unpatriotic and I'm a spook and whatever. You cannot stop what God has determined to happen to a country. I believe if years ago, if this country would have got down on their knees and prayed and repented, torn down the high places, if we would have destroyed the abortionist clinics, destroyed the satanic temples, got back to only worshiping our Lord Jesus Christ in this country maybe we could have spared ourselves but you can't turn back the the you cannot turn back the time you can't stop god's wrath this country had it coming whenever we the people usurped <laughs> our authority to the deep state that's uh we had powerful words we had the chance yeah we had the chance just like the founders of our constitution the framers of our constitution said we created this country, it will be up to the next generations to keep it free. Yeah, exactly. We screwed that up. That's true. Well, we are flat out of time, Rucker, and I really appreciate you being with us. And uh, you uh, spoke very passionately because I know you have experience in these areas, and uh, you gave us some insight that I think is very needed. We'll have to see how it plays out. So thanks for joining us, and everybody else, stay tuned. Thanks, Dick.